You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. We're afraid of the power of God because people that have misrepresented it and abused it and used it, and so we get quiet and weak and anemic, and we don't want to have a worship service barely above a whisper because then we'll be labeled charismatic, and God forbid that they label us anything that we're not. Just be real and let God worry about all that mess. Amen? Just be real. When the praises go up, the glory comes down. When the real praise goes up, the real glory comes down. With social media, it's hard to know the real person. We see only what the person wants us to see. It's hard to get real in a virtual world. But as Pastor Gary says, you don't have to hide the real you in front of a real God. And if there is any place you should be able to be real, it's in church. In church, you have an audience of one the one worthy of all your worship, all your praise, all your joy, and all your love. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 5 as he continues his message, when the promises go up, the glory comes down. They were so radical back in the early days, they'd sell houses and land and give it all to the church and trust God for their provisions for the rest of their life. How many Christians you know do that today? Amen. I don't know of many. I know of a few that have sold out for Jesus, trusting God. And let me tell you, they, God has been their portion. They wouldn't have it any other way. What am I talking about this morning? I'm talking about being in sync with the place that God has you called to. And some of you need to join the church because God's been dialing your number and you've been putting it off. But when God marks the place and calls you to it, you need to be obedient to the Lord. Amen? If you're going to get in sync with the program that God has got going on here, then you're going to have to join up with what God is leading you to. That was free. It didn't cost you any extra. Amen? I'm trying to go a little easier because my voice is giving me trouble. So we've got to be in sync. Number two, verse 13 goes on and says, To make one sound... To be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. They lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music. Not only were they in sync, but number two, they were in harmony. If in, being in sync is a, a reference to their place and their timing, right here and right now, somebody say amen, then being in harmony means that they're together in their gifts and talents. Uh, because what they're doing is they're using their voices and they're using their instruments. They're, they're using those gifts that God gave them to harmonize. And this is powerful. I've preached on this before. But harmony indicates distinction of notes with unity of song. Distinction of notes, unity of song. Your gift is different than mine. That don't mean we can't work together in harmony. Amen. God wants to make melody in our midst. God wants to take your gift and your gift and your gift and work it all together for his glory and his honor. And if we'll get in harmony with the good Holy Ghost, we'll sing a tune that hell can't stop. But we've got to get together. A house divided against itself cannot stand. You know what the problem is? We've got one over here singing Amazing Grace with their gift. And we've got one over here singing a Led Zeppelin song with their gift. 
and they're clashing. There's no harmony. There's no unity. And that's not a knock on those who listen to Zeppelin. I don't, don't get distracted by that uh, illustration. I'm simply saying that you got one over here with one song. You got one over here with this agenda. You got one over here that thinks we need to do it this way. You got one over here that thinks we need to do it that way. And nobody can get along with anybody because we've got too many chiefs and not enough engines in the house of God. And what God's saying is, I put a head over the church, which is Christ, and I put an under-shepherd under the head, which is the pastor. And if you don't get in harmony with the vision of the pastor that God sent you, then you can work all your gifts together in harmony and do something that you never achieve any other way. The reason so many churches are split up into splinters and splinters on top of splinters and splinters on top of splinters. And uh, I mean, you say it started with one church that had 300. Now it's down about six churches that have about 20 each. Big logs split up into so many splinters. They're divided because nobody could get along. Everybody had a different agenda, a different way of doing things, a different method, a different plan, a different strategy. And nobody wanted to follow the leadership of one man with one mind and heart with God. Amen. Let's just try to do something and see if we can't work together instead of working against each other. Listen, when God calls the pastor to lead the church down a ministry avenue or path, right? The church can't be just saying, oh, we can't do that. We shouldn't do this. We should do this over here and trying to redirect everything. What happens is you have a church without leadership. Because though he might be there in position, he's not there in influence because nobody's respecting the lead. Amen. Now, this is for the benefit of every preacher that listens to my sermons every week. Amen. That might, this might be an encouragement to them. And also those other church members in other churches that sometimes tune into our services because they might be out of fellowship with their church, and God's trying to call them back to repentance. Amen. I thank God for the unity that's here. Amen. Praise God. So far, we've been able to work together and resolve differences. Hallelujah. I pray that it's always like that. Amen. And if there are differences that are unresolved, I pray that they'll resolve in time as the Holy Ghost touches hearts. We're not going to make mountains out of molehills. We're not going to lose uh, big battles over little ones. You know, we got to keep our eye on the prize here, church. Amen. Some things ain't worth fighting over. Some things ain't worth fussing over. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about staying in harmony. Figure out how you can use your gift to complement the ministry here instead of frustrate it or stop it or reroute it. Are you with me? Say amen. So we got to be in sync. we got to be in harmony. Our differences should not divide us, but unite us so long as we harmonize to God's sheet music. Acts 4.32. The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. So there's power in being in sync. There's power in being in harmony. And then there's power in being in agreement. Now, being in sync deals with the physical location and timing. Being in harmony deals with working your gifts and talents together. But being in agreement deals with your spirit, making sure that you're not just going along to get along, but on the inside you resist and you hate what you're doing because you still don't agree with it. I'm going to do it, but I ain't going to do it with a good attitude. Amen. God wants us to be in agreement in spirit. And sometimes the most difficult challenge for us is to figure out how we can not only get along outwardly, but get along inwardly. If you're with me, say amen. Verse 13, and they praise the Lord, the Bible says, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth 
forever. You see, they were saying the same thing about God. And there's a lot of things we may disagree on, but we, we must all agree on this one thing. God is good and His mercy endures forever. You see, instead of focusing on the things that we're different on, we should focus on what we know is true. And we should focus on Him, lifting Him up. Amen. Uh, uh, th- there may be different ways that we might want to approach soul winning. You may have your strategy. I may have my strategy. But listen, if we can all come into agreement that God is Lord and He is good and His mercy endures forever and that every man needs Jesus, then I believe we can do mighty exploits together for the cause of Christ. Together, their actions, uh, they were together rather in their actions and words. Their attitude, their actions, and their words were all in agreement. Jesus said in John 4, 23, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So there's the spirit, there's the text, and there's the spirit. We know what the Bible says. Some of us know what the Bible says, but we ain't happy about trying to live it. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, I know it's in there, and I know it ain't right, I know that it ain't right but I can't help it. I got a thing for her. You're still living in sin. You need to get right with God. Amen. You know the truth, but you're not in agreement with it in your spirit because your flesh is taking over. That's right. Well, I don't, and there's some people so bold as to say, I don't care what the Bible says. You, you don't either agree either with what is written or what's in your spirit. The Bible says uh, that some, the foolish, go right on and are punished. You just go right on with yourself. Amen. Go right on in disagreement with God. Go right on. You, you know what happens when you repent? You come into agreement with God about your condition. When you get convicted by the Holy Ghost, That means he arrests you. He finds you guilty. Amen. That's conviction. And then he goes to convincing you that you are as guilty as he caught you to be. And then you come into agreement. You can no longer deny. Amen. I got pulled over the other day because I have an expired license plate on my vehicle. Some of y'all are wondering why I I still have a Mississippi license from last year. Because it costs $900 to get a new one. And I just ain't had that much at one time yet. Amen. So I'm just praying and believing God to cover me till I got it. Hallelujah. I got pulled over. And there was no denying that I had an expired tag. Because it was sitting right there. <laughs> I couldn't walk around and say, now look, officer, you're reading that wrong. And you know some of you try to do? God's caught you in the very act. And you say, now God, I know what you think you saw. But let me tell you what really happened. No, God, you and God both know you're guilty. You just need to get right with God. Amen? That's exactly right. That's a pretty good illustration, ain't it? <laughs> Caught, convicted, convinced. You just need to repent, get right with God. Coming to an agreement with God using His Word. Amen. And you know what happens when the church begins to worship the Lord when they're in sync, when they're in harmony, when they're in agreement? Man, the Bible said, then the house, verse 13, latter part, the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand and minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. There comes a time when I'm no longer preaching, and I pray that's every Sunday. I know literally they could not speak. I, I would like to pray, and I'd like for you to pray with me that every time I speak, I'm only speaking the heart of God, not the attitude or opinions of Gary Caudill. 
or the agendas of other people trying to influence me to say things for their benefit. There's too many preachers today that are on puppet strings. Amen. I know it ain't a gospel song, but they ought to make it one. I have no strings to hold me. Remember that one? I have no strings to hold me down. Is that what it said? That ought to be the attitude of every God-called preacher. The only string that needs to be pulled on me is the string that the Lord ties to me. Amen. And that's, that's the attitude we need to have. That's the attitude that every Christian should have. Don't be letting this society manipulate you into just passively agreeing to everything that they push down your throat. These Christians have been raised their whole life to believe that book, and now they've caved under pressure and wouldn't dare say a thing against homosexuality or abortion because of the sheer outrage of this old crazy world. And you can shout as loud as you want to, and you can have six billion people on the planet shouting with you, but all you're doing is shouting a lie louder than you've ever shouted it before. Because a lie is a lie is a lie no matter how many people you get to agree with it. Yeah. Amen. Christians need some backbone to stay in agreement with God. To stay in agreement with that book. Amen. But you know what we've done? We've compromised the book. We've either quit believing or to quit practicing or quit preaching or even worse, rewritten it. Changed it. Amen. When you change the Bible, it's no longer God's words. That's your words. And there's also a judgment for doing that. Better just let, let God, what God said stand on its own two feet, and you better just yield to it. Because I promise you, when you stand before God and give an account of every deed, and you're going to bow both knees to the Lord Jesus Christ and confess that He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Whether I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're President Trump. I don't care if you're President Obama. I don't care. Amen. If, if you're... Uh, I don't care what political leader you may be in the world or what politician you are, how powerful you are in the world. Everybody's going to bow both knees to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they will come into agreement with his word. One day, sooner or later, you might as well do it now while there's hope for your soul. Amen. And the church has no business getting out of harmony with the scripture. The church has no business getting out of harmony with the word of God. The church does not dictate what God is saying today. The church should simply publish what God has already said. I mean, it, it, it boggles my mind to see entire man-made denominations have their conventional meetings where they decide what is truth now versus what was truth a hundred years ago and create new policies on the church's uh, modern standards uh, on the issues of today as if the church has any right to, to say what God meant when he said it in the Bible, amen, thousands of years ago. All they do is become a reprobate church that's out of will, out of sync with God's Word, and once it's become a man-made ship, it is a sinking ship. And that's why we have a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. Yeah. I used to, pour, I used to uh, work for a company that poured concrete almost every day of our lives, and, and you had to build that form just right before you put the concrete in it so that the concrete would be poured correctly. And, 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 and you know what? Uh, I, that gave me a vivid picture of what a form looks like with nothing in it. 
Before you can erect a cell phone tower on top of a slab, the concrete must be poured. The form must be filled. And before men can raise up something to the glory of God, it must stand the test of God's Word, and it must be founded upon the foundation of God's Word. And if the form is empty, whatever you put in it will not stand. It will crumble to the ground. No church or no denomination has any right to to formulate new policies against what God's Word has already declared. Amen. Are we together? I thought, I thought she was preaching on praise. Preacher, I am. How are we going to glorify God endorsing sin? Listen, when the praises go up, though, praise is more than just an outward emotion or expression. It is that which reflects your innermost devotion to God. And I know some people can fake it and some people do fake it. But you cannot listen. Has anybody in here ever seen a counterfeit bill? Raise your hand. All right, same people, just raise your hand. Have you ever stopped spending the real money because there's fake that exists? When has the church got this idea that because fake exists, we can't do the real? Because people are phony, I better not raise my hand. Somebody think I'm phony. No, you raise your hand anyway. You shout anyway. You praise God anyway because there is the real, amen. And we need the real to outnumber the counterfeit. Jesus said that the tear and wheat are going to grow up together. Just let them alone. I'll sort it all out on judgment day. You just worry about you. Let me worry about them. But you don't go up plucking it up. Church has plucked up the real because of the fake. We're afraid of the power of God because people that have misrepresented it and abused it and used it. And so we get quiet and weak and anemic and we don't want to have a worship service barely above a whisper because then we'll be labeled charismatic and God forbid that they label us anything that we're not. Just be real and let God worry about all that mess. Amen. Just be real. When the praises go up, the glory comes down. When the real praise goes up, the real glory comes down. You know what happened with Paul and Silas at midnight? Acts 16, this is my closing text, verse 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas, they were in the prison. The Bible said they prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. You see, I know it was outward because it wasn't just some of them singing in their heart to their self. They were singing out loud, and others heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. Guess who else heard him? Woo! God heard him. Amen. <laughs> so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken, and immediately the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Listen, when you go to praising God in spirit and in truth, when the church decides they're going to be in sync, they're going to be in harmony, and they're going to be in agreement with God's word, God's will, and God's way for their ministry, hell cannot stop the heaven that's going to be dropped down on us and the things that God's going to have prepared for those that love him. I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever done before. I'm going to read the lyrics to a song that God gave me this morning. I ain't even finished with the tune yet. I got, I got one in mind. We'll work on it. Don't mind if I be transparent a minute. I still have my moments where I feel like, I, di- I didn't say I did lose it, but I, sometimes I have my moments where I feel like I've lost my song. I was having one of those moments this morning, but the Holy Ghost spoke to me and gave me the title to a new song. (laughs) 
You don't want to know what that song title is. This was after I looked at the message that was there on the radio this morning. If y'all remember, I preached on Dancing with Destiny. And the Holy Ghost said, essentially, you're still in the dance. The name of this song is I'm Still in the Dance. Though troubled sore by shame and scorn, though dark of night like raindrops beat, still there's a song inside of me that raises hands and moves the feet. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. I'm still in the dance, my soul proclaims, despite these painful clanking chains. This noise of bondage once alone now joins new chorus and sings along. And I, I, had, I had this picture of Saul and Paul and Silas there in the jailhouse with them chains on them. And maybe at first they were a little discouraged. I don't know. I imagine I'd have been. Maybe all they heard was the noise of bondage, those chains clanking about as they'd shift and try to get comfortable and lay there about three minutes and roll over and try to get, and all they could hear was the noise of chains and groanings of the jail cells of other people. Then I got to thinking, I wonder if they started hearing the rhythm of the Holy Ghost and the clanging of them chains. And I remember Caleb growing up as a boy, he always heard the melody in anything. Caleb always always found the melody and as a little boy he would dance to just about anything he just enjoyed, loved music amen Caleb and still today he's like that he'll hear the drum beat he'll hear, hear the melody I, I can't help but wonder if as they were singing they weren't using those chains as instruments as syncopation instruments I believe what God wants you to do is learn how to take your chains of bondage and make some noise for Jesus with it are you with me? Say amen. I, I can't prove that that's what they did, but I couldn't help but wonder as God gave me this song. That them chains began to participate in a higher thought, a higher praise, a higher realm of glory. The second verse goes, my midnight hour in prison chains left a sad and sombering tone until at last I sang a praise to Jesus who never left me alone. I'm still in the dance. My soul proclaims, despite these painful clanking chains, this noise of bondage once alone now joins new chorus and sings along. And the tag would go something like this. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My Savior God has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. And then I will close it something like this. I'm still in the dance. My song proclaims no more painful clanking chains. That noise of bondage heard alone is put to silence by dancing song. And you know how you're going to put to silence? Amen. Give God some glory. You know how you're going to give God some praise in your midnight hour? You're going to have to just decide to do it.
you're just going to have to get up and start singing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Don't ever let the devil rob you of your song of victory. Amen. Don't ever let him keep you from singing your song. You may be in the midnight hour of your life. You may be in a prison cell of circumstances beyond your control, but there's something that happens when God's people get in unison in harmony and agreement with one another and with God, and they begin to let the praises go up all of a sudden the glory of God manifests and chains start dropping to the ground prison cells fling wide open and the church is loose to do what they was called to do all along everybody shout amen this morning you've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle we're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's word Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, garycottle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. We'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Pray for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please prayerfully consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Cottle Ministries, 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. That's 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.